You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 40. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Niza, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. It's interesting because sometimes when I hear a song, I know right where I want to go in Scripture. I even think I know what I might want to say about it, and then I get into Scripture myself, and something else entirely jumps out at me, and then I end up end up going off in a completely different direction. And that's what happened to me this week with this song, King of My Heart by Love and the Outcome. I'll share the steps of my journey in God's Word with you and hopefully inspire you to explore it yourself. Who knows where God may lead you this week? No better place to start than the first verse of the song that actually inspired my entry point into God's Word this week. Here it is. There's a big, glaring, Sunday school-style answer glaring right at you to tell you where I jumped into Scripture this week. Do you see it? David and Goliath. But before I get there, I I get the idea of the lyrics. I'm, I'm in a war every minute, and I know for sure I'll never win it. I am David up against Goliath. I get it. A small person up against a giant. I mean, I get it. On the surface, what I can see, what others can see. This fight is insurmountable. In an article on the story behind the song published by New Release Tuesday, the artist's point of view is summed up pretty much when they say this. They say, we're in a daily battle for our attention. There are so many things competing for our thoughts. So that is the war that they are thinking about when they sing the song. It's a fight for my attention. I'm being pulled in every direction. Now, I love this, and I could ponder just this idea for a while. I mean, I definitely get being pulled in every direction. I mean, I sit down to write this podcast, and I have my article up about the story behind the song, and then I have this Bible app open to the story of David and Goliath in the Bible. I have my thoughts from the week uh, as, as I've been pondering it, they're all spinning through my head. I'm just trying to tame them into a string of words that will accomplish my goal each and every week, which my goal, of course, is to be so compelling that you can't wait to get off this podcast and read God's word for yourself. And a pop-up comes up on my screen and I, there's an email to an article on a blog that I subscribe to. So I click it really fast. I'm just, I'm going to go ahead and skim it and just delete it right away. But then when I skim the article, 
He is referring to another blogger whose blog name piques my interest, and so I click on that link and I read his most recent blog post. And this post happens to be about minimalism and using only the tools necessary to complete the job, which makes me think of the app I read about recently that turns everything off while you're writing, so you don't get distracted and you can actually complete the task at hand. And oh yeah, the task at hand, writing my podcast. Oh. Really? I mean, okay, back to the podcast, click off that article, delete that email, focus, Michelle, focus. And is it ironic that I'm jotting down thoughts about the giant Goliath of things pulling for my attention? Ah! So before we jump into scripture here, I do want to say, while I cherish Christian music for helping us hide God's word in our heart, and I especially love lyrics, you know this, that quote scripture word for word, But I don't despise the lyrics that tell a story or challenge my way of thinking, even if it's not a direct link to God's word. I love this idea when a great storyteller can bring out the practical struggles of our day-to-day through lyrics. And I really love how this couple uses a metaphor found in God's word to do just that. I mean, it fulfills my desire that you be inspired to dig around in God's word every day, but really stopping to think about this practical problem of being pulled in every direction and thinking about how it is a loud, demanding giant like we see in this battle in scripture. I mean, pure genius. So I don't know what your giant is. I I don't know what war you are in every minute. You know, maybe you have many battles raging in your life right now, but I happen to agree with love and the outcome. The fight for my attention is a raging battle. What will I spend my time on? What will I spend the profound treasure of my attention on? And spend is a good word because it is treasure. It's it's valuable. And so will I spend 20 minutes pinning things that I may never make to my Pinterest board? Or will I spend 20 minutes actually making something with my kids? Will I spend 30 minutes reading my news feed on Facebook and getting lost in other people's statuses or links to articles that they think are interesting and they want to encourage me to change the way I think by reading this article or reading about this issue? Or will I spend 30 minutes in God's word following his links, following his cross-references and looking at his interesting stories that reveal his character and changes the way I think? Will I take five minutes to read a blog post about how to make more time for God in my daily life and then lament about how I don't have time for this oh-so-important relationship? Or will I take five minutes acknowledging God's presence right here where I am? So this week, I chose to get inspired, jump into God's Word, and follow His rabbit trails through Scripture. And my prayer is that you too will do the same. Trust me, it's an investment. So... Back to David and Goliath. So where did I go first? Well, I grabbed my Bible app and I started reading about the story of David and Goliath. And I read the scripture where it talks about the location of this battle. So then I got lost in where that Valley of Elah is in the world today. I want to know what it looks like. And so sometimes I use the Bible app called Glow Bible, G-L-O Bible. It's not free. It is actually about the cost of a good Bible, but it's a really robust tool and it's fantastic for Bible study and really exploring. And there's desktop versions. Like when you buy it, 
you get the app for your tablet and access to several desktops for that the price. And um, Glow Bible will actually show you a map of the location that you're looking at. It'll show you artwork that's related to the story being told. It offers all sorts of multimedia and links and interesting things to get lost in. But this is not necessarily a bad thing, this whole idea of getting lost. I've said this before, but it's okay to get lost in Scripture. I mean, how many times have you gotten lost in social media and just looked up and thought, where did all that time go? So I've started to give myself a lot more leeway to define what time in God's Word looks like. Because it's okay to get lost in looking at maps and and trying to picture what's going on in the scripture. Now, I've done Bible read-throughs, and I'm planning to do another one at the beginning of the year. And when I'm doing one something like that, I really don't have as much leeway to explore and chase my rabbits because I did this Bible read-through. I read through the whole Bible in four months. So in order to do that, you actually have to read for about 45 minutes a day. You have to read and keep reading for about 45 minutes a day. But that's a different season. That's a choice I made. It's something that I really wanted to do. And I was able to read the Bible through in four months. And again, like I said, I did it last year. I'm strongly considering doing it again. But when I'm looking in the scripture and getting lost in God's word and learning about it, there are no rules for the amount of time that I need to spend or the amount of paragraphs that I need to read. When I'm exploring to research for my podcast or just on my own for fun, it's okay to get lost in these questions. So here I am looking at my Bible app. I'm looking at a 3D depiction of this battle between David and Goliath. And then in this 3D depiction, there are some notes, little pop-up notes that I can read. Those are good pop-ups to stop and read. It actually taught me that the Philistines uh, were a seasoned army and that they traded with other countries and other cultures. Their military tactics and their weapons were far more advanced than those of the Israelites. And then while exploring this 3D depiction a little bit more, you kind of read the pop-up up on the Israelites and you realize you, I mean, you look at them in the 3d picture, they're all wearing tunics and it looks like they've got garden tools with them as opposed to like the more uh, advanced weapons and swords and armor that the Philistines seem to have. And um, when the pop-up description comes up, it says that a lot of them were not seasoned warriors. They're farmers. And when they gather up men to fight, to go to battle, they just grab the weapons that are available to them. And oftentimes they really were farming tools. And then also in this 3D depiction, you see a little stream that really is there running through this valley that really does exist. And so when you consider that part of the story where David bends down and picks up some smooth stones from the brook to fling at this giant Goliath, that they were probably right there in that in that brook right there for him to choose from. So I did. I got lost a little bit in looking at this 3D depiction. And then I start thinking, oh, now, Michelle, you're wasting time. You need need to read the scripture and get to where you're headed in your mind. And then I laughed at myself because I was doing the very thing that I'm hoping you will be inspired to do, which is really enjoy the journey. And enjoy those interactions with God's word. Enjoy your engagement. And sometimes that engagement might be when you read and keep on reading. And sometimes that engagement might be stopping and pondering and journaling your own thoughts or looking at some artwork or multimedia links or clicking on a 3D depiction. 
And it might mean picking up a study Bible and reading the stuff that it talks about at the bottom to help you understand it or picking up a Bible app like Glow Bible and just piddling around in all of these different places or or pulling out Google Earth and just looking at these places, um, what they look like now and, and looking at from the satellite images from above. I've done that before, too. So now I didn't come to any grand philosophical conclusions by looking at this 3D depiction Uh, and learning this information that I just shared with you. um, It was just for fun, but it's interesting. And now I'm more knowledgeable and I can picture this scene in my mind a little better. And I think it just leads to more of an open heart and an educated heart and mind that God can, can then speak to and speak through. So back to our song and back to our scripture. This 3D depiction was very similar to like the flannel graph that you that I saw in Sunday school as a child. And you see David and he's small and young and Goliath is large. Obviously, he, he was um, kind of like a giant in his time. But when I read in scripture, what I was fascinated about was this description of, of David that I read in the chapters preceding this battle. Because you have to understand that in the chapters preceding this, that we are introduced to Saul as the first king of Israel. And we're going to get into that a little bit later um, on in the podcast today. But he was the first king of Israel. And at this point in these chapters, just preceding preceding this battle, he, he disobeys God, and so God's spirit leaves him. And uh, Samuel was God's prophet and told to go and anoint the next king, and God chooses David, and so Saul, uh, Samuel uh, appoints and anoints David. I'm sorry, not appoints, but anoints David. And you can read about that in 1 Samuel. This is the area that we're reading. And of course, I did, because whenever I want to understand a scripture, I like to read the chapters around it. That's called the context. And it really um, it brings a flavor and an understanding to the scripture that you might be focusing on. So I just back up. I just kind of backed up a little bit, and then I kept, kept kind of backing up until I felt like I got a really full context of what was happening in this area of scripture. And this is when I stumbled upon this uh, verse in First Samuel chapter 16, verses 18. Psalm, uh, Saul has this distressing spirit torturing him, and his servants recommend music to remedy this torture. That's interesting, and I love it. But uh, So he agrees, and they recommend this guy David. And this is what they said about David in First Samuel 16, verse 18. Look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing. Uh, he's talking about playing the harp here. A mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Now, I could do a whole podcast just on that. I'm not going to today, but ooh, it's like a list. You know how much I love lists. But from my Sunday school flannel graph days, I kind of picture David as a boy like a small boy. And compared to Saul and compared to Goliath, I realize he's young, okay? But I don't think he was a boy when he fought Goliath. And I also kind of picture him picture him as a shepherd and kind of leave him in this shepherd box. But if you read this scripture all together, when David took on Goliath, he was tending his father's sheep that day, but that was not his full-time job. He was 
his full-time job was actually to tend to Saul and be his armor bearer. Trust me, read it for yourself. But at this point, I do have to kind of tell on myself and just kind of show you where my uh, lack of focus tends to leave me. Uh, And right now, I'm celebrating my lack of focus. And I'm trying to say, use your lack of focus to explore God's Word and really get into it. And I really do want to give you permission to do that. But sometimes it really, in my own mind, it can really feel a little ADD. I've said that before. And one of my friends said, you're not ADD. You're adventurous and inquisitive and creative. So, okay, so let me just tell you where my creativity took me at this point. This verse describes David as a man of valor. And I was like, oh, I've heard that phrase before. So as my daughter Meredith says, I Googled it up. Google it up, Mama. And I realized that it that I've heard it before in reference to Gideon when the Lord called him a man of valor as well. And so then I was like, well, I wonder where else the Bible mentions men of valor and what does that mean? So I started to chase down that rabbit a little bit. Now, I will protect you from that journey because it really doesn't take us where we need to go today. But I just wanted to let you know that's kind of my thinking process, and that's really how I end up with pockets of revelation that I share with you. I never intend to go in that direction, but by finding these little gems, I end up sharing with you on this podcast because I allow myself to chase the rabbits and kind of research and get lost again and until God finally just says, whoa, okay, this is the part I really want you to say, and then hopefully I can focus long enough to write it down and then share it with you in a thoughtful and organized way. But here's the part that really stuck out for me, and that is that David was not this little inexperienced lightweight that I think shows on these little flannel graphs or in the pictures of our mind or in these storybook versions of David and Goliath. He was obviously experienced in war. Now, whatever capacity that was, um, this verse that he's a man of valor and a man of war. This is not a boy. He has experience. And like I said, they're farmers and he was a shepherd. So when they call them together to go fight, he probably just grabbed what he had and he went to fight. But he obviously had some experience for them to call him a man of valor and a man of war. And then uh, David has this unique talent that he could play the harp. And so I'm thinking, wow, what random talent might God use in the story of my life? And I hope you're thinking the same thing. I mean, I personally like to scrapbook and I like to digitally scrapbook. And so I learned Photoshop to do that. And now in the job that I have in marketing for a Christian school, I use that skill all the time. I'm in Photoshop almost every day. And that's also how I end up making my memory verse resources for you every week. And and I didn't go to school for design. It was a hobby. It was a hobby that God is now using both in my career and even through this podcast. Now, another thing that you could explore, and and I won't take time to explore it this week, is that David became the armor bearer to the king. So you could do a little research into what an armor bearer's role is. I mean, who else was an armor bearer in scripture? What were their experiences? And what does it even mean to be an armor bearer for someone? So anyway, when you read the story and you see David, now we're going to fast forward to David and Goliath. And you see David, he's bringing lunch to his brothers, trying to figure out what's happening so that he could bring word back to his father. I just want 
you to think about the idea that this is not the first time he's ever been on a battlefield. I mean, like I said, in the flannel graph versions, it seems that David wasn't really qualified to do anything. But he had experience. And a little closer look at the scripture, what the scripture actually says, all it shows is that his brother was aggravated with him. But any anybody with siblings knows that that doesn't necessarily disqualify you from anything. Siblings are aggravated at you all the time. So I do take issue with the way that the song says, I am David up against Goliath. Because I think the thing that they're saying is that um, like David and Goliath, from the outside looking in, it doesn't look like a fair fight. It seems like an impossible situation to wage this battle. But my point is, if we really are like David, not in situation, but in character, we would be outraged at the idea that anything could defy a child of the living God. If we really are like David, we will approach this giant and we will not esteem it. We will not be overwhelmed by it. We can look it straight in the eye and say, hey, you can be loud and blustery and controlling and cruel and mean and rude, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. So let's head into the chorus from here. talks about praising God and naming him king of our heart. And so I want to stay in this area of scripture. I want to stay in 1 Samuel because I was inspired to go here because of that the mention of David and Goliath, but I want to stay here because of the mention of God being king of my heart. So remember how I said Saul was the first king of Israel? Um, because in Israel's history, God was always her king. But the people came to this place where they wanted to be like everyone else. And they looked around at the nations surrounding them and they they realized that they're different because they didn't have a human king. And they wanted a king to judge them and fight their battles for them. And so they reject God as their king. So God tells Samuel to go ahead and allow them to do this. But he did tell him to warn them. So uh, God's telling Samuel, warn the people to tell them what they're really asking for. So in Samuel chapter 8, it says this. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. He said, these will be the ways of a king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers, and he will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves." And in that day, you're going to cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, 
But there shall be a king over us that we also may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel had heard all the words of the people, he repeated them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, obey their voice and make them a king. Now, as a child, did your parents ever say, be careful what you wish for? And this is exactly what God is saying to the people. Be careful what you're asking for. Because you think you want to be like these other nations with a human king. But I'm telling you what it's really going to look like. So start here to really grasp the context of what's happening between David and Saul by the time we get to the story of David and Goliath. Read the story of Saul and how he became king. And then all the way through until you're introduced to David when he became king and when he was anointed king. And then we reach the story of David and Goliath. It's rich. It's full of details and opportunities for God to speak to your heart wherever you are and then reveal things about his character. And here's something. I mean, he doesn't want us to fall flat on our face. He doesn't want us to experience the uncomfortable places that he knows our choices lead to. But if we're insistent, like Israel, he will let us go ahead and have our way. And then in the midst of that, he still provides. He appointed and anointed a good man who was a good king for a long time. It was the trappings of this life that led Saul to ultimate disobedience. But as we're singing along with this song this week, with Love and the Outcome on the radio, we can, we can truly say we realize we're in a war. We're in a battle, but we choose you, God, as king of our hearts. We choose you as our king and bow to your role in our lives. What the Israelite people didn't understand is that they're going to have to submit to something. Or someone. They were either going to submit to God who is all-knowing and all-powerful and loving and their creator and for them and their deliverer and their redeemer and all these other things that he had already revealed about himself to them. Or they were going to serve a human king. And we are in the same situation. We can either bow to the prince of peace who is for us. Or we can bow to the prince of this world who prowls around like a roaring lion and seeks our destruction. Satan wants us to bow to his rule in our lives. He wants us to choose selfishness and human nature and self-discovery and literally idolatry over submission to Jesus, the one true king. And if he can't keep us from making Christ the king of our hearts, then he'll at least keep us from submitting to his authority. And the best way to do that is to keep us out of his word, to keep us from the truth that we read in God's word. So pick up your Bible and explore and chase rabbit trails. And while you're in there, make sure you recognize how God is revealing his character to his people. Make sure you notice the choices that people make in scripture. Are they obeying or are they disobeying? And what's the consequence of that? Are they choosing wisdom or are they making foolish choices? And what's the consequence of that? And how is God revealing his character through it all? So what's next? Well, I recommend starting in 1 Samuel chapter 8. Make your way through and end up at the story of David and Goliath in chapter 17 or even beyond. Chase a few rabbit trails this week. And while you're in God's word this week chasing your own rabbit trails, let me know how you're doing. Hop on Twitter or Facebook and let's talk about what you're learning. Or you can leave a comment on this week's show notes, michellekneesat.com forward slash 40. I know I've gone a little long today, so I want to make the announcements at the end pretty quick. 
I just encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and leave a review if you can. And if you do, I will personally thank you right here on the podcast. And then if you go to michellenizat.com and give me your email address, I will send you some memory verse resources uh, via email. And I'll do that every week. And it helps you just kind of memorize God's word. And it links back to what I've discussed here on the podcast. These memory verse resources are just truly my gift to you to thank you for listening. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Now, it's the most wonderful time of the year. So for the next few weeks, I can't help myself and I will be using Christmas songs to inspire us. So my next podcast will feature Real by Nicole Nordeman. Grab it for your playlist today, and I can't wait to go over it with you next week. Now, if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 40. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.